All right, welcome back. Happy New Year 2022 again. So this is realistically the first podcast of the New Year 2022 with uh, some of the experts from SAP. The In the beginning of January, I have released a teaser about what kind of podcast I'll be doing for 2022. So today is the first podcast season or the first podcast for the year 2022. So today I've invited a couple of guests uh, from the data science background and they work in the data science team at SAP. And they have a humongous experience coming in from the machine learning background using SAP technologies and other technologies, working directly on some customer projects. So today we'll be focusing on the customer experiences on how to leverage these machine learning technologies. And you'll hear back on some guiding principles, so on and so forth. So welcome today our, to our uh, podcast session eight in the season two. All right, welcome back. This is Raghu Banda uh, with Machine Learning with SAP S4 HANA. And today I have two experts with me from the data science background, from our uh, customer experiences team or our customer development team that we call the custom development team at SAP. So today's podcast, we focus on the experiences around using machine learning in the enterprise customer space. So I have with me Samad Keshari and Ashish Ban. Hi, Samad. Welcome on board. Uh, maybe I think, Samad, could you give a brief uh, background uh, where you're coming in from and uh, for our, the sake of our audience, maybe you can give a quick background about yourself, your background, and then we kind of get into the session along with Ashish. Hi, uh, thanks, Raghu. Thanks for inviting me to this podcast. So my name is Samarth Keshri, and I am a data science expert at SAP IBSO team in Palo Alto, US. I've been with SAP for now around 18 years and have played multiple roles starting from developer to uh, chief architect to product manager, to you name it. And now my latest stint is in the space of data science and machine learning. Uh, I joined this group in US in 2015, I believe. And since then, we have been working on multiple customer projects, building the space, developing the awareness about the topic, about enterprise customers, both internal and external. So really excited. Um, and let's see. Thank you. Thanks, Samad. Welcome on board. Over to you, Ashish. Um, maybe could you also give a brief background about yourself so that our audience can get a bit more accustomed before we get into the session. Sure thing. Thanks, Raghu. Thanks for your invitation to the podcast. Uh, my name is Ashish Bhan. Uh, I've been with SAP for about 10 years and um, I joined SAP as a data scientist uh, to work with a small group. It was part of something called the Global Business Initiative, uh, where SAP was trying to have small teams that worked on uh, topics that were not necessarily core to uh, the, the main business interests of SAP. So I was working with a group that looked at video game analytics. Uh, 
Uh, so we would go to small game companies, get their data and analyze them. Uh, I've since worked with the IoT team uh, with predictive maintenance and most recently for the past three years uh, with Samarth and, and some other colleagues in a small group in Palo Alto uh, that does data science within the custom development team. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Ashish. That was a great uh, introduction, both of you. So before we get into the topic of um, machine learning and the experiences using machine learning, maybe I think um, Samad, um, coming back to you, maybe could you provide a real world experience of machine learning that could improve in your daily routine? What are the challenges that you faced and what are the things that you have uh, gained? It can be a very real world experiences. It doesn't need to, uh, this is like a, <laughs> this is how like I kind of get started on the podcast so that you uh, can come up with some kind of a background. Um, uh, sure. Uh, I think real world experiences, there are tons and tons of them <laughs> right now, but the most significant one, which at least I am, I was very happy to see and implement was I have my two daughters. They are very young. The other one is six and the younger one is three. So the younger one, what she used to do is when we are watching television, <laughs> she used to go very close to the television and, and we were, both me and my wife were concerned about, oh, this might impact her eyes. And so we wanted to do something for it. So what I did is as part of my just hobbying time was to, I got a Raspberry Pi and a small camera connected it to my TV and then took a basic uh, deep learning uh, algorithm and deployed it on that Raspberry Pi. And the goal was that if, if my daughter comes closer to the television, it will announce, okay, you are too close. <laughs> so, and initially we thought, I thought that, okay, this is going to be easy. It will not take much time. But when we, when I went into the nitty gritties and started doing it, it actually was difficult, but then in the end, it turned out to be really good and it worked. So the first prototype is kind of worked. And then we said, okay, we need to find something. So you can think of it like a, today's equivalent of a ring, a mm -hmm. mini version of ring, what we see in houses today, but huh. That was a very crude one, but yeah, it, it kind of helped us a lot because now we don't have to run every time close to when she approaches the television and we just get her back. That's a great, that's a great example, uh, Samad. I think I'm pretty sure there's a lot of good learning for, for you as well as uh, how you've uh, got these experience, right? I think. So uh, coming back to you, Ashish, um, Maybe before we get into the session, I think uh, maybe could you also provide for the sake of our audience, uh, any real world kind of an experience involving machine learning. It can be technological related or a personal or a professional related and how, what were the challenges that you faced earlier and how it could help you get better? Sure, yeah, I think so. If uh, a few years ago, we were working on a project, um, Samarth and me and the team, 
doing um, in invoice. So we would look at invoices from companies and try to extract key pieces of information from it. So, you know, there would be these uh, paper printout documents or PDF files or Word documents. And, and we had to you know, automatically do the character recognition, scan them and look for relevant pieces of information. And, and while we were doing it, was, it was just at this time that uh, the tax software that we use you know, to file our taxes every year, uh, at exactly the same time, they started providing the service where, when you would, where you didn't have to input your, all of your data from your W-2s into your tax return, right? So uh, Intuit or TurboTax, the, 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 the software, they would automatically scan, they would do exactly what we were doing in our project, which was look at uh, your the PDF or the, or the digital version of your documents and automatically parse them, extract the text and autofill uh, your uh, tax returns, which saves you a lot of time and, and make the whole process so much more convenient. So it was, it was interesting to see that the work that we were doing was ex exactly when uh, it became ready for prime time, even in the larger commercial space. So that, that was really a cool. Thanks, Ashish. I, I believe, I think it's definitely helpful and I think there should be a lot of learning there as well. So maybe let us take a quick uh, break and then we come back and continue our session. All right, welcome back. So let us now get into the meat of our session. So Samad, I think uh, the analogy or the example that you have provided, the, the personal side of the things, was a great example to get started on our conversation today with regard to the experiences around using machine learning. Let us now maybe get a bit into the, uh, the customer projects or the experiences that you have been involved. We do not need to know into the, go into the details of the customer, but I think maybe you could mention about the domain space and how machine learning is leveraged uh, in this domain space. I know you have leveraged the ML solutions like SAP predictive analytics or AI business services. Maybe you could uh, provide an example of one of your customer project experiences and how, what were the pain points and how have you provided the solution? Yeah, sure. So uh, there are, the good part of being in this group uh, is that we got width of use cases from different industries. And one of, and there are many that I could share, but. The simplest and the earliest, which I found was the, one of a very good example of how machine learning can be used in enterprise space, uh, was with one of the banking in, uh, customers in North America, one of the big banks. And it was kind of a, initially a proof of concept kind of thing. Uh, and the and the and the idea was that these big banks uh, they wanted to. Uh, have these enterprise customers who are sending, let's say, you have a vendor in Europe and you want to make payments to that vendor. But the thing is, the vendor accepts payments in euros and your bank accounts, have, uh, you are paying it in USD. So 
the bank needs to make the take the payment from you convert it into euro and then make the remittance to the vendor in europe now for the bank the thing is it's a us based bank so they they can't convert uh, they can't uh, keep euros in their in their in their accounts for this kind of transaction they have to buy the currency from from the market and with the currency prices exchange rates fluctuating uh, it becomes a very big gain or loss point for the banks to have a good uh, currency exchange rate which was which the banks are already good at but what hits them is sometimes when they make the remittance to the vendor they the vendor bank or the beneficiary bank it doesn't accept it because and there could be many different problems it could be an incorrect bank account or it could be like the bank account the vendor's bank account is not set up to accept the foreign currencies external so there could be many reasons the pri- primary of which was that the beneficiary bank account was not able to accept that the transaction because it is not set up to do so mm-hmm. and what what the bank the customer asked us was to build some kind of a machine learning model that can can when you when the payment comes looking at the account number because the account number structure carries a lot of information about how the account is being set up so they wanted us to build some kind of a model which looks at this account structure and tries to find patterns in it and see whether uh if they make the remittance whether they will be able to the it will go through the that beneficiary account will accept the payment or they'll reject it mm-hmm. now rejection is a problem for the bank because they would have bought it at an exchange rate for this transaction and if rejection comes they they have to absorb that cost and again if the fluctuations happen they they cannot keep that much money in in their account on hold so so that's that was a pretty interesting use case and the main thing was we need to analyze that account structure and find patterns and you don't know what is there barclays bank might have different account structure but there is some hidden pattern in every bank mm-hmm. so yeah we we got some data from the customer and then we used it to build a small model and it kind of worked very well in the conceptual space but then how to deploy it was then big on on a large scale because any mistakes that you do will be magnified so we we then went into this ml deployment approach i mean it's it's like 2016 17 i'm talking about so then right. this uh, this area was not very mature mm-hmm. so we were trying to build that kind of a uh ab testing kind of a framework and also uh the the cyclic thing wherein you you train the model evaluate it so then in the end we came up with a pipeline idea where we said oh let the human work as is and in parallel you put in this ml process and we keep an eye on when the model and the human 
results are converging and when when we see that then over the then then we switch from human to to the ml but still keeping the human aspect into for evaluation purpose before releasing saying that yes it is okay not it is no it is not okay so that's and we did all this in those days in sap space using sap predictor so we had we didn't use all the fancy big algorithms at that time we were mm-hmm. pretty much limited by by what was available within the sap landscape and uh, yeah and it worked it worked very well the customer was very happy i think then it went it, uh, they took the idea and then they had some initial discussions and i think it went into production for some time mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i think this was one of those um, initial days and where you, you you and your team might have learned a lot of these nuances of how to use these different algorithms in the predictive analytics space and how and of course the example that you gave coming from the banking space which is very finance oriented or very intense right with the customer space so that might have given you a great uh, uh, experience into that thanks thanks amar i think i uh, believe i think that's a that's a great uh, example to get started on our conversation here uh now over to you ashish in the context about like how samad was explaining on a particular customer project maybe could you share from your experience as well uh, on the technology front uh, of how a particular sap ml technology that you have used whether it is the predictive analytics or the ml technology might have helped realize the customer pain points and how uh, you were able to resolve these issues sure yeah so so one of the one of the customers so we when we were working with the video game companies um we we worked with many companies and so the kinds of games that we got data for were quite varied you know some of them are social games where uh, you know like farmville uh, some of them were more shooter games where you know, you're, you're you're going out and killing uh, zombies and space wars and stuff like that uh and so the, so we had to learn a lot about these uh, games as as we collected the data and analyzed them uh and so it was so one of the tasks that we had was to show the customer that we could provide that we could analyze the data and provide some value to them either in designing their games better so that there was better flow and that the customers were the players were more engaged or that it helped them to actually monet that helped their monetization strategies right so that it's a hugely uh, complicated uh, subject sometimes the, the economics of uh, of game economies uh, how, how you charge things what should be free and so on so in one of the games that we were analyzing uh so it was interesting with with this data is you 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 quickly see that uh, even something that might not be a game that everybody is talking about or has heard of that the player base can be really quite large uh, and and when you look at the the countries in the world where people are playing it's almost every country on the globe except uh, maybe places where there's a terrible 
civil war or catastrophic famine or something ter terrible that's happening right so that was really interesting to see that you know when when we say that sap uh, uh, customers touched the whole world it was it was really a sense of, of the same kind of thing uh, so the, the the challenge in this game was that they had a large number of players who would come in uh, and they would leave quite quickly uh, so there was something and they and they couldn't quite figure out what it was uh, that was causing people to leave very early in the game. And because the games are quite complicated, there are a huge number of events and possible actions that the player can take. Uh, and so what, what we ended up doing is, so, so this was when SAP had, had acquired uh, uh, the company KXCN. And, and, and one, of the, one of the predictive analytics tools they have is, 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 a, is a very greedy, uh, algorithm uh, to do classification and you can throw in a whole uh, a large amount of data uh, you know you can have thousands of columns of input variables that you are trying to use uh, to classify your data and it will just parsimoniously pick the very few that are most relevant uh, and so uh, we were able to, to to use the predictive analytics classification models that were so uh, you know, well designed for for this problem, and we could just define huge numbers of input variables using all aspects of the game, and we could figure out for them that there was a particular button in the game, uh, like a to, to go faster than the speed of light, uh, that the that the players were not discovering. So, and 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 this was the key difference between pe people who stayed and figured out the game and those who didn't. So it was one of these things where you know, but a huge amount of data. Uh, can be explained using uh, a simple ML algorithm, uh, and 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 the and, and the game designers, you know, would would incorporate this insight and just it helped them uh, make their game much more successful. So yeah, that that was that was a really interesting example for us. That is awesome, Ashish. I think um, I I never I never really uh, thought that SAP was uh, some of these SAP tools ML tools were leveraged even in the video gaming world, but that's a great example that you have provided. And I believe you and the team might have had a lot of experiences. And I believe I remember during those days of the KXCN acquisition, uh, I think there were some great learnings that we had too. So maybe uh, we will take a quick break uh, and then come back and continue our conversation. All right, uh, welcome back. Um, so now we had a great conversation that we started around two different customer examples and one in the banking space, which is very much needed. I think which is where we are, the whole world is going towards whether we, whether we are journeying through this crypto space or the other things. And then the other example is around the video gaming, which is where I think a lot of things are happening. I think even with the metaverse and other things going on, right? So now let us come back into a bit more uh, concrete uh, examples that we have. Uh, so coming back to you, Samarth, I understand that you and the team has been involved uh, in assessing or understanding requirements from the machine learning space and how a particular machine learning uh, requirement from the customer is analyzed. And once the requirement is analyzed, how do you 
understand what kind of algorithm has to be leveraged and what kind of data you realistically have to take in when uh, assessing this kind of a customer requirement. Maybe could you provide some thoughts or at a high level understanding for our audience in that aspect? So that's a very interesting question. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you look at the typical ML pipeline, uh, every data scientist need to get data, analyze the data, then build the models and then evaluate the models. But most of the time, the bulk of the effort in any ML use case, that data scientist or whoever is working on it needs to spend is defining the problem and defining when i say defining the problem defining it in in very precise method mathematical formulation so for example let's say if if you are a customer and you say oh i want you are a, you are a housing retailer from a retail uh, house housing industry and you want to say i want a system that predicts the price of the house uh, next month. Now, that's a very, from a business point of view, that's a very well-defined requirement. But from a data science point of view, we, that's not, that's a good starting point. But we as data scientists, we need to break this requirement into smaller requirements and then define them, like in, create them in very well-defined space. So for example, uh, you have to clearly say what is the import, what will be the output, is it a classification problem, is it a regression problem, is it an unsupervised problem. So we need to formulate that very well. And once that formulation is done, then you need to see what kind of data is there. Is there data to support that kind of formulation? Uh, these two are very, very, very important aspects. And after, and another key element in this mix, which is in the early, right now, I have not even started about how you will going to build the model. It's all of the preparation part. The last and the most important piece will be how are you going to evaluate the results? What is acceptable to the customer? Mm -hmm. So given, for example, is... 80% accuracy, is accuracy a correct measurement of what you are trying to build? So that's the metric part. And how, what is the, what is the metric that is acceptable to the customers? So these three, the data, the, uh, the problem statement, well-defined problem statement, the data, and the metrics, these three are the very important legs or you say the starting points in any ML use case. And especially if you're dealing with directly with customers and customer requirements, if any of these aspects are missed, then the results will not be good. And most of the time in our experience, what we have seen, the problems happen at these three aspects. So one, and and the kind of algorithm that you use will will kind of uh, based on these aspects will drive the algorithm that you want to use. So 
so once we have logged on these areas then we go into exploring the different algorithms where the key objective for us is not to get the get to the best algorithm but to first try a simple approach maybe the simplest of the algorithms that is available and see how it is performing so uh, we build this we try to analyze it try to see what's working what's not working this gives us an idea about okay uh, maybe we need to have more complex so it's not that we directly take the most uh, let's say deep learning algorithm or the most complex most sophisticated state of the art algorithm and just use it to try we go at in a step by step approach and see where we can hit the sweet spot so there and and there are multiple reasons behind following this thought process the one is these more sophisticated algorithms are more compute expensive more uh, data hungry so do we really have that kind of compute do we really have that kind of uh, data to support even support that kind of that big algorithm also many a times one of the kpis or metrics is response times i mean we need it like in the brisk uh, in quick blink of an eye mm-hmm. because that's that's where we are deploying we are deploying the model at the edge so in manufacturing let's say if you are in manufacturing space most of the models are at the edge they are not going to any server so based on all those constraints you need to come up with the model or the algorithm which is best suited for your requirements and then once the ml algorithm you come to that kind of uh, understanding the next is building model building part wherein you need to really come up with the then put in effort in trying to understand okay how do i set up an experiment we know we all know right ml is all experiments so how do you set up a, a perfect experiment so you need to be very careful and very diligent in also setting those things around the experiment one example is how are you going to split your train and test how are you going to do your validation all those aspects come into play when you are doing this experimental set so after the experiment setup is done then we implement and try to execute build the model see how it is performing evaluate it against a metrics that we have defined and then let's say we get a first result that we can present to customer uh but and that's where we hit another constraint which kind of drives the approach is how about explainability i mean can i explain when i let's say i present it to a customer saying look based on your data and our uh, problem we are able to hit 80% accuracy and the customer sponsor comes up and says oh that's really good but can you explain me how your model is working and how did you what did you discover and how are you came coming to that conclusion and then if it becomes it's the it's one of the toughest aspects of the entire ml use case building process is 
how do you explain how do you convince someone that yes we have found something uh, we have found some patterns the model is working fine you can be confident to take it into production and and really make those decisions that currently are being done by human or at least assist the the decision making process mm-hmm. so so explainability plays a key role how we establish those uh, those elements like there are different approaches uh, in in deep learning you can use activations you can analyze the activations across all network layers see what kind of patterns every layer is learning and or building upon and then you can show that in so it's all about building confidence Mm-hmm. explainability is all about building confidence to say hey what we are uh, telling you is actually correct and once and this is this explainability is one of the key areas of research even research today in ml space not many algorithms or approaches are there that can provide good explainability right so we have presented let's say the basic model to the sponsor and now comes the iterative part they will say oh can you do more can can we do more so there so the, but there is a limited amount of time in which so we have to find a trade off between how many experiments you want to do how many improvements you want to do and 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 uh, the target that you want to achieve so as soon as you kind of hit a target you stop there and then and then go to the next stage which is equally important as a deployment deployment is very important how you going to deploy how you going to serve the model and that opens up this whole area of ml ci cd into cloud and other spaces but again going back to the first leg what are your constraints how you define your problem is it an edge thing Uh, is your model going to run on edge is it going to run offline is it going to run interactively so all those aspects come into play and uh, so ml deployment plays a very big role again uh, so once the deployment is done probably you need to del- uh, put it into a monitoring phase so it's not that one mod once you have developed a model once and it will be staying there forever your data changes your your environment business environment change so the model needs to be monitored because it the model was built on certain set of data which had certain assumptions some qualities and if those qualities change then the model that you have built will not perform well so we need a model monitoring process also in that has to be in place which should in a way keep a tap on okay is my model performing well or not uh is it meeting that accuracy that we or the metrics that we defined in the beginning consistently or not because if it's not in the production then it's no use and it needs some analysis as in why are the assumptions that we made incorrect or is the data that we built this model on the historical data not a true representation of what the current data is coming in so there could be many aspects which could go wrong 
or the model may not work. So we need to have a model monitoring concept as well in place to see whether we are meeting the marks on which we build this one. And finally, this leads to an iterative setup wherein you should be able to go back and train the model or reintroduce a new model uh, on a regular basis. So as you can see, this is a very, I mean, it may sound like given today's world, it may sound very fascinating that ML can do everything and ML is like a silver bullet, but it's not. It, it, the, the entire ML end-to-end -end production ready solution mm -hmm. involves a lot of elements to be coming together. And if any of those elements are not working properly, then it's, uh, we'll not be able to hit the requirement. So with all these aspects, that's, that's, we need to take care of with, during the project phase and different, uh, we need customer involvement, which means data custodians, whoever is owning the data, how easy it is data to move from one, one system to another. So for example, one of the best aspects I think about SAP HANA ML or the embedded ML, what we call is uh, the customer data is sitting in the S4 HANA system. So it doesn't need to move out of any system into, let's say, a very so, uh, targeted ML system. So your data doesn't leave your premises. Mm -hmm. And if that kind of setup, the embed setup works, that's brilliant because the security, the maintenance, all those aspects of our own data are covered. But there are use cases wherein you, you can't help it. And the models which are available within SAP HANA ML, they, they are limited, they are very targeted. So let's say if you have to use a sophisticated image recognition or object detection or any, or voice recognition, NLP kind of conversational NLP kind of uh, requirements, then it's not possible to run it in an embedded. We need to move it out. And that's where our BTP offering and AI foundation offering, those technologies uh, are helpful. And we really need to equip ourselves to see which, which technology is suitable for which kind of environment and problem. So the again, if you ask me in entire thing, what, are the, what is the most important aspect? It's the first leg, the problem definition, the data, and the constraints on which you are working. So, yeah. So, and because these things will drive your downstream activities, your algorithm, your deployment, your uh, maintenance, your monitoring, all aspects, explainability. Mm -hmm. so, that's a that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Um, Summer, I think you gave a complete flow of how starting from a customer requirement all the way, how do you consider the algorithm and how do you get the data in and what kind of metrics that you really need to measure and then the deployment process and so on and so forth. That's a beautiful way of putting it and I believe it is very detailed for our audience. Uh, what I would like to do is that maybe we'll go into the details with uh, on the guiding principles around how this can be done, maybe a few words which Ashish can talk about. 
So we went through this complete process and Samad explained us the complete process of starting with a customer requirement and going into the algorithm, understanding which kind of an algorithm and what kind of data should need to go in. And then the metrics, how do we consider the metrics, the training aspects and the deployment aspects. So maybe Ashish, now you can take us further into this and provide some thoughts around how machine learning has been done in the cloud and maybe some of the thoughts around that and how SAP is helping or the other firms around that and what are the main guiding principles maybe around that. Sure, yeah. Uh, thanks, Raghu. So, so I think um, machine learning in the cloud is actually, uh, it's, it's a hugely important idea because the cloud is what really makes it possible for uh, for for a data scientist to to really work with the the volume of data that's required to really run complicated uh, machine learning pipelines at scale, right? Because you so so previously th this was something that could only be done by uh, a research institute or a supercomputing center, right? So the the kind of resources that are need in needed in terms of data storage, compute, network. Uh, these were really out of the reach of the average uh, company or person. And so now with the cloud, that's completely changed the game, right? So now whether you're on AWS, uh, Amazon, or the Google Cloud Platform, GCP, uh, the average user has access to the resources they need uh, in terms of um, storage, uh, in terms of network, uh, and in terms of compute, right? So, so now, now you can so you, you can actually build large scale machine learning pipelines that work on huge amounts of data. Uh, you can query uh, large amounts of relational data and you can analyze unstructured data with a whole variety of NoSQL databases. Uh, and so th this is, so the cloud is what actually makes possible the entire modern uh, landscape of machine learning. Uh, and so, so, so now since SAP and its customers generally work uh, on a variety of these landscapes and hyperscalers, I think it's going to be uh, a, a journey uh, for, for us at SAP to integrate the services that SAP provides that will be very business technology oriented, right? So the BTP, uh, so, so our AI services are going to be highly tailored to uh, the, the various business scenarios that we know best. Uh, and, and then there'll be the more generic services that are offered by AWS, and uh, Google Cloud Platform, and, and those could be things like chatbots that they already have uh, uh, mastered and, and perfected, or, or even their image recognition and voice and speech analysis. Um, so the possibilities just uh, are endless, right? So we, you, you can imagine these chains of software stacks that will be built uh, combining uh, our own assets uh, and the strengths that we bring in the AI business landscape to, uh, to the more general uh, end user experience in terms of text and voice and image. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's only limited by our imagination and it's, it's, it's a truly fascinating and really exciting space to be in. So I think uh, the, the possibilities are just endless here. Thank you. Thank you, Ashish. That was a very great way of putting it and the way that you have summarized it and how you can, how the, research and development and other things are going towards the 
machine learning in the cloud and what an average user can now leverage is humongous. Uh, thanks for kind of summarizing that and giving the audience a complete understanding of how this can be taken further. What I would do now is maybe I'll take a quick pause and then we come back and do some closing remarks. All right, welcome back. So before we end the session, uh, it, we had a great conversation with both Samad and Ashish today. So maybe I think uh, before we end the session, I would like to again, hand it over to you, Ashish. Maybe you can provide some closing remarks and maybe talk about a few AI challenges that we have, so on and so forth. Sure, thanks, Raghu. Uh, so I think as, as SAP proceeds on its AI journey, uh, one of the challenges that we have is to use uh, the the incredible variety of customer data that uh, that lives in our systems, uh, and you know we we need to uh, extract the business information and the 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 competitive advantage we have and the knowledge that we have. So there's this immense body of knowledge that exists within SAP, uh, and and that needs to be translated into. Uh, AI assets, right? So the, so the different business services that we provide have to use our data. And so the ch one of the challenges I see is uh, how, do we, how do we leverage our customers' data in a transparent, uh, ethical, and clear way with, with their buy-in, right? So this, this is a huge challenge uh, because the customer owns their data uh, and, and we'd like to jointly extract the intelligence uh, that we can uh, from it and, and offer it. So, so there'll be challenges on, on how to anonymize the data uh, so it can be used so we can pool data from different customers if needed and if appropriate uh, to build the best models that we possibly can to solve the different uh, customer problems uh, that we are trying to address. Yeah, I think that's, that's one that I see. Sure, sure. Thanks, Ashish, uh, for putting that together. And uh, it's a great uh, conversation that I had uh, with you. Over to you, Samarth. So Samarth, um, maybe I think uh, you could also provide some, um, we had a great conversation uh, and I would like to see, uh, maybe you can provide some closing remarks with providing some future thoughts about what kind of challenges that need to be addressed in the machine learning or the AI space. Thanks, Raghu. Sure. So I think these are exciting times. I mean, we have cloud computing, we have AI ML, and modern applications are leveraging these. So I think the enterprise space should also leverage these technologies. One of the challenges or the difficulties that I see in, in the current space is uh, data, and especially for enterprises. Mm -hmm. How do you handle data in the proper way? I mean, from customers and one, one model, and on how do you build some kind of a different set of models for different customers? So model management, customer and uh, handling, customer data handling, I think those will be the key areas where uh, we'll need to see and those will be bring us more challenges in front of us. Yeah, thank you. 
thank you uh, thank you both of you for a wonderful conversation uh, and i will uh, invite you again in future maybe in our other podcast sessions but it was a great experience having you both on this uh, conversation around the customer experiences uh, around machine learning and ai in the enterprise space thank you raghu thank you all right let us now wrap up the podcast session 8 from the season 2 i hope you had an enjoyable time listening into the conversation that we had with two of our data science experts from sap i would first like to thank our experts our data science experts from sap uh, mr samad keshari and ashish ban i hope you also had uh, learned something the customer experiences in the context of building this machine learning model so on and so forth as always this podcast will be made available and linked to my blog series you can find it on the blogs.sap.com obviously you can also search it up on spotify or google podcast under the name machine learning with the cps forhana or by searching my name raghubanda you can always leave feedback by sending an email to venkata.raghu.banda@sap.com or at my twitter handle rkbanda thank you all and have a wonderful day wonderful evening wherever you are tuning in from happy predicting the future with sap technologies thank you